Hey guys, so we wanted to just come on and let you guys know before this episode starts. This the podcast is, is over. No. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. This is how you tell me. Yeah. <gasps> I'm humiliated. No, uh, so this is our last episode of season two. We are so grateful for everything that you guys as listeners have been doing and how much engagement we've had. Um, we've get, we get so much love in our DMs that it's just, it makes it all worth it. And so anyway, we're going to take some time off of putting out episodes and we will be back swinging with season three. A lot of new stuff is going to come. It's going to be very exciting. So enjoy this episode and... Look forward to season three. This week, we're going to be walking through American Murder, The Family Next Door, a documentary Netflix put out all about the life of Shanann Watts. The documentary details her life, raising two kids, and how it got torn apart by the one person who was supposed to protect and love them. We are your hosts, Sherry Ferreira and Helen Allen. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. Okay, let's jump right in. Do you feel like when you don't write down, we are your hosts, you forget your name? No, because I want to say, we are your host, and I don't want to go, we are your host, Sherry Ferreira, because it's so many S's. Hosts. I see what you mean. But I was like, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, because it's not written down. (laughs) And you guys, we don't even really stick to a script. I'm just like so reliant on the on the things that we do the same every episode. Like at the end. Remember at the beginning of all of this when when you stopped writing it down and I was like, well, what goes first? Instagram or what? Instagram, Twitter. And I'll just, I'll tell you why. It's not a walk in the park, but we get there every yeah. week. <laughs> we're, we're really pushing through for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're working our hardest. Yeah. So truly grateful. Not as hard as this documentary though, because. No. And you, wait, another side note. I just want to say, because I'm really beating this into the ground today. It is International Women's Day, the day that we're recording this. And Shanann is the perfect person to be, um, Featured today. Featuring, yeah, yeah, because obviously what happened to her is heartbreaking and devastating, but she is just the essence of what it means to be a strong woman. So, I mean, we're going to get into her life story. She really persevered. Yeah, she's the like, coolest. So I just wanted to say that. Happy Na- International Women's Day to every woman who is listening to this, or even to every man who has a woman in their life that they really appreciate and love. Let's get yeah. to it. Celebrate the woman. Here with my favorite mm. woman today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wish you got. We need to maybe do video. Yeah, I don't to do know. Video. I just got so hyped. Okay. So almost all of the footage shown in this documentary is clips from body cam, like body cam footage, and posts from Shanann's Facebook and a bunch of other media outlets. And it really had the support of Shanann's family behind it. Mm-hmm. Her brother did an interview like after this was put out and said the director made sure we were included every step of the way. So I think it is like one of the best tellings of yeah. this whole situation. And- like her Facebook posts, I love that they included those because it really humanizes her and it it makes her so relatable to everybody who ever put anything on the internet. Like she, you know what I'm saying? I, like yeah. She all of her posts just like 
exude like she's likable but also you can tell she wants to be liked and it's so relatable it's genuine she really just lets you into her life and then you find little aspects and you're like oh my god that's so me that's so me that's so me so it's so it's i i love this documentary i think it was really well done and yeah love it so another thing that the doc does really well is give you guys like not you guys but like gives the viewer (laughs) also the doc like you guys are close (laughs) in the documentary (laughs) I know we said we like it, but... I just went to the premiere. No big deal. <laughs> no. That's in Cape Cod. It's a touchy yeah, subject. So, I'm sensitive. <laughs> but it tells a lot of the moments that led up to Shanann's death. And it, like, gives you these small hiccups that you see. And it's, it's just... It really lets the viewer know who Shanann was. Mm-hmm. And, I and it that. also, I think, does a good job at, like towing the line of you know did he snap or was this coming the whole time like yes. that kind of thing because I think a lot of people when they hear Chris Watts they think like oh that's the guy who snapped mm-hmm. but this documentary shows like mm, he was no walk in the park every other day except for that one I know oh my god even yes like it this was a hundred percent leading up like right. this wasn't one of those cases at all there were and... little red flags and whether you know it whether there was things done about them or not, they were there. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about Shanann, our girl. Yes. Shanann explains right off the bat how she used to be in this very dark place and felt very insecure. And I believe a lot of that was due to um, her previous marriage. So mm-hmm. she was divorced once before, and she said it really took her confidence and drained her. Ugh. But she's not a quitter. She says it herself, her life goal was to buy a house, and she worked hard to eventually get and build her own home at 25. That makes me feel horrible about myself. Oh, fully. (laughs) I'm like, I'm three years old. I'm approaching 25, (laughs) uh, just in a few months, and not there. Not nearly. I'll tell you what, I just found a dryer sheet in my sweatpants, (laughs) so... Me and Shanann, not... We are not one and the same, girl. It's okay. I mean, in in other aspects, but... You know who I relate to in this doc. I'll tell you what. They do such a good job. Mm. So, Shanann says that building her own home was obviously, like, one of the biggest accomplishments. She did it herself, and she had finally gotten to this place of happiness. And unfortunately, that didn't last very long. Mm. Um, Because Shanann was later diagnosed with lupus, which is an autoimmune disease. Right. She lost her hair and she felt like she had, like, the flu all the time. And this just put her back into that dark place. I think I've said this to you before, but, you know, I have people in my life who have lupus. And it is... I mean, people who have lupus and live with it every day do not get enough credit. Because it is a devastatingly hard disease to deal with. It makes your body feel so and I don't have it so I can't really attest to it but I but from what you've heard obviously I mean my grandmother has it my friend has it like there it's just so debilitating some days and it can put you in the hospital randomly and like it's just a really hard thing to like live a full life around and most people who have lupus do that and like superheroes but yeah what I'm saying is it is the kind of disease that can make you feel like you're losing all hope and going back into that dark place. Like, if she had felt like she crawled out of it. uh, It, This is just another devastating thing to happen. Right. But she says that this all sort of turns around when she meets Chris. Chris Watts. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Was that... Chris... 
Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. Okay. So Shanann <laughs> Shanann describes their relationship as like being. Vi- <coughs> oh my god. <coughs> I know it's it's hard to talk about. It's, this it is. <laughs> no, but she says that Chris really stuck by her, especially at times when she was battling with lupus, and she was sort of like pushing him away and like you know trying to do that whole thing, but mm-hmm. he kept going back, and he just really stuck by her. Initially, she was like, it's just a friend request. I have millions of them. And I'm like, Shanann, you better fucking work. Millions of Facebook? Facebook friends? Millions? Shanann. I'm like, okay, movie star. More and more we talk about her, more and more I'm finding out that her and I are not one in the same. She is much better than me. (laughs) She is like the elevated version. She is who I wish I could be. And I am just below her. And that's, and that's okay. That's okay. They fell in love, got married, and both really ended up liking the Colorado area, specifically um, Frederick, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to start their new life there. Flash forward, Shanann has two girls, three-year-old Celeste and four-year-old Bella. And we, like, get flooded with posts from Shanann's Facebook. And each one has, like, a little video or a picture. And it's just a lot of cute moments that she had with her kids and Chris and mm-hmm. the best way I could describe it is, like, there were mini vlogs. Like, at one point right, she... Right, they were, yeah. At one point she even goes, all right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. And I'm like, yes, you will, my girl. I will be oh back. Oh, my God. She is, like, that person that you, like, follow their stories, like, religiously, but you, like, don't really know that well. And you're like... <laughs> like I'm a... I know everything about their life because of all their stories, but I don't really know them. And, like, like, you're, like, a secret fan and it almost yeah. feels like you're a stalker a little bit. I'm, I'm like, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really toe the line between stalking and fangirling on Me too. And I can imagine all of her Facebook followers felt the same way. Yeah. Like they loved her. Absolutely. But, you know, life isn't always perfect. We know this from court records, but in June of 2015, they filed for bankruptcy, which is right around the time that they bought this new home and had two little girls to take care of. So... That. This I didn't know. I know. they. That's This is one thing that they did not include in the Netflix doc. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know why, but I thought it was like important to include that they did have financial strength. Well, for real, because, you know, they say that one of the, the telltale triggers of a family annihilator is financial issues. The number one, 100%. Yeah. But they were able to push through this. And I'm not surprised because Shanann is the type of person, like, just through, how long have I been talking? Like, 10 minutes now you could tell she perseveres i mean just look at her life you know yeah she has got a lot to show for exactly and i think part of that is due to like this personality she has and in the doc she's described as quote bossy but not in the way of like being bitchy in the way to push you to be better Right, like she let's is that take driving back, force. Let's take back Bossy. Let's, take let's back make Bossy, bossy cool again. <laughs> all right, because me and Shanann are one and the same when it comes to being Bossy, and I don't think it makes me bad. No, no. it doesn't. <laughs> Sherry, is the reason this podcast works because I'm Bossy? It is so. This podcast <laughs> is a float because you are constantly on my ass, and I appreciate you for it. So Shanann and I are taking back the word bossy. bossy. We're not letting anyone else treat us like bossy is not boss. Good. Boss not bossy. Wait, put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. She even calls herself high strung. And I mean, she is the type of person to do what needs to get done. So I'm not surprised that they're like able to move past this and, you know, come together. Yeah. Cut to June 2018. And Shannon is telling Chris that she's pregnant and expecting their third child. She tells him with um, a shirt that says, oops, we did it again. And I'm like, girl. Oh, she would love to be here for Brittany being free. 
Oh, she would live. <laughs> I am, actually, that just like broke my heart a little bit. I'm like really upset that Shanann can't see that. Oh, she would have loved that. And I can imagine she is very excited, especially since Shanann was told that she like wasn't able to have kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that was due to lupus or some other um, medical issue. But either way, it was like a miracle when she got the two girls. Yeah. And so this third one is just like another joyous thing for her. Ugh. And around this time, Shanann had planned a trip with the kids and her father to go to North Carolina. She's originally from there and she wanted to go to visit family and friends um, because that's where Chris's parents also lived. So it's going to be like this whole big celebration. Mm-hmm. So now this is the end of June in 2018 and Chris is set to join them later on in July. But things don't really go that well. In an interview with Agent Greg Zenter from Colorado Bureau of Investigation, Nicole, who is Shanann's best friend. Nicole, I... Oh. <laughs> we haven't even... I won't screamed. do it yet, but I am going to scream about Nicole a little later. Yeah. Because she is God's gift she... to the earth. Pure I gold. just... Nicole is perfect. Okay, go. Go. Nicole says um, that during the second or third week of them being in North Carolina, Shanann got into a huge fight with Chris's mom. The reason was that Chris's mom was about to feed Celeste ice cream that had literally everything she was allergic to inside. Shanann texts Chris asking that he talk to his dad about it because he, they literally put Celeste's life at risk. And yeah. we hear... Um, and this is just kind of one of those things that it's like, especially when your children are very young because they've got smaller bodies to deal with the allergens... So, you know, when you're allergic to something as a kid, it's a lot more deadly than when you've got this big body that can fight it off as an adult. But on top of that, she's a mother of these little tiny babies and she's just trying to protect them. So I don't really, uh, in the doc, they go a little bit more into depth than we are about this like thing with the mom. But like, poor Shanann, she should not feel pitted against her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law should just understand that 100%. her daughter's allergic to that and it scares her to give it to her, so don't. Simple. End of story. We hear one of Chris's friends saying that they were fighting again. So this made me think, okay, there's some sort of history there. So maybe that's why this um, fight sort of escalated. And basically, mm-hmm. during the fight, Shanann has said, you tried to kill my baby. And, you know, it escalates and Shanann is kids is kicked out of the house. I don't know that I would have done anything differently. I would have done exactly the same. Me with a grown-ass boyfriend who's fully, like, 22. I'm like, you try to feed him a peanut? You at Chili's? Are you kidding me? You at Chili's? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, does that have peanuts in it? Are you goddamn serious? Is that a peanuts in it? You try to kill my baby? So I cannot imagine a little baby and spaz. Spaz. Yeah, no, for real. So Shanann doesn't end up going back to Chris's parents' house, and they... During that time that they were in North Carolina, it's Celeste's birthday, so they end up spending it at Shanann's family's home. This drives a rift in the relationship, and Shanann says she doesn't want Chris's parents to ever go over, and it's just very, it's all heated. I'm going to interrupt you because I think it's just riff. I don't think, yeah, it's just riff. You were right. It's rift. Oh, it is rift? Wait, what? Oh my god. Weird. Let this go down in history because I am smart. <laughs> Let's go down in history. I am so I am sorry smart. that today of all days okay. on International Women's Day. You tried to gaslight me about your rift. intelligence. It's okay. I'm so sorry. Put this on the record. I am very sorry. <laughs> Nicole also tells the investigator that Chris's parents didn't even attend their wedding. So I'm like, mm, okay, there's 
tension here. Could you imagine how petty Chris's parents are? I'm sorry. I hate... I'm not going to blame them for raising a monster. Um, but... This I can blame them for. Just go to your kid's wedding. Just go to your kid's wedding. Like, just don't feel feed your grandbabies things that they're allergic to. Mm-hmm. Just don't. It's, it's just real don't. simple. I don't know. It's as simple as that. Two weeks later, Chris is MIA while Shannon is in North Carolina. I mean, he's not calling the kids. And Shannon gets the feel that he doesn't even miss them, really. He is not answering her calls, and she is the only one sort of reaching out to him. So she's like, where the hell are you? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even care that you're not calling me. You tell your kids good morning. Right. Shanann is progressively getting worried because he is being so withdrawn, and she just knows something is wrong, and that he's, like, he is shutting her out. Mm Mm-hmm. They get back from the trip and Chris does eventually come down and join them for the remainder of the North Carolina trip. And things seem all right, but it just goes right back to that distancing when they're back home. Mm -hmm. Shanann is really adamant that something is wrong and that he's sleeping with someone else. And who else would know? You know, like you can tell. I mean, she spends every waking moment with this man, essentially. So like if his behavior is different, like she knows she has that intuition, I'm sure. Exactly. So now we reach the night that Shanann disappears. She's dropped off at home by her friend, Nicole Atkinson. Nicole, you love the bestie. Just an amazing person. (laughs) Through and through. (laughs) I, when we get to the parts that I love about her, yeah, I'll go off. Go ahead. So Shanann is dropped off around 1.45 a.m. She was coming home from a work trip. Okay, and I'm sorry. I am so sorry, but I have to go off on this for a second because it is not a secret and we don't have to shame them for it because I love them both as people, but they picked really weird careers. Really weird. They are engaged in a pyramid scheme, the two of them. borderline, like... But I have to give it to them. They worked because they went on the trip that everybody's got to go on. And I'm like, okay, now you guys working up this ladder. I know. They are the case that most people don't actually get to. So proud of them for that. But I am not overlooking the fact that it is a pyramid scheme. Fully, fully. They work together at this direct sales company called Thrive. And so so stop, that's what they said. I know, but like, call it what it is, (laughs) Sherry. Call a spade a spade. They worked with this pyramid scheme. (laughs) (laughs) And they kept in contact a lot. So when Nicole doesn't hear from Shanann the next day, she immediately knows something is wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. It started with Nicole texting her a little concerned, and then she starts fully blowing up her phone with calls and even more texts until she's like, you know what? I'm coming over. Ugh, this like- is when I feel really seen because I... <laughs> I love when you get representation. <laughs> yes, so at good. least four times a day, I tell Sherry that I'm calling the police because she's not answering me. Fully. Oh, God. It's funny because I'm not like that with anyone else in my life. Really? Like, never was like that with Matt. I'm not like that with my other friends. Like, anybody in my life except for you. I, I you stop answering me and I will call the police. <laughs> it's plain and simple. Hold me accountable. So anyway, I, I feel Nicole. Um, Some may look at her as a little crazy in this moment. But guess what? She was right. She, she was right. right. Okay. Maybe my alarm bells ring too much, but hers were right. Hers right on the money. Dead on, because Nicole gets there and doesn't see Shanann's car. No one is answering the door, and the house looks empty. And she she's 
She's on the phone with police and she goes, there's no movement in the house whatsoever. Uh, and I'm like, I love her. Just not Nicole for absolutely investigating better than anybody else. I love, like, just imagining her looking for, like, that concern. Even just a tiny curtain movement. Uh, She's like, there is no, no movement, movement in the house whatsoever. I swear I've checked every corner of it. I just love her. You know, it's not even a couple of hours that Shanann hasn't been answering her phone. So a lot of people are like, Nicole, you need to, like, chill out. You know, like, that would be the first go-to. But yeah, apparently Shanann was acting really weird over the past weekend that they spent together. They went on another work trip and Shanann was not eating normally, not drinking. And Nicole basically had to, like, force her to eat. So mm-hmm. this only added to Which, her concern. Also, mind you... Shanann is pregnant so it is incredible and Shanann is someone who takes care of her health so not eating normally not drinking like that is not okay and it's not in her huge red flag 100% Shanann also had a doctor's appointment that day at 9 a.m but she didn't go another act of like concern for Nicole right because we know how fierce of a mother Shanann is she wouldn't miss this appointment she's Uh, taking care of that baby that's inside her 100% Nicole calls the cops, like I said, and is told to just stay outside of the house and wait for police to arrive. She's like, not on my watch. Oh my God, no. (laughs) I love her. Chris is called out of work because officers need his consent to search the home. Um, And they obviously can't unless there's a sign of distress, which there isn't. The house looks fine. There's no mess or a sign of a struggle. Like, there's no, like, blood on the, like, it looks normal. Yeah, from what they can see. Meanwhile, Nicole is already on the phone with Shanann's parents, and it's like, I got the garage code. She's like, we're going in. Yeah, we're she's going like, we're in. busting Call for backup, we're going in. But the police are like, we, we really can't go in because like, we need the owner's... hold your horse. We need the owner's permission to enter. She's like, I don't care. Wait, I swear, maybe this is from a different documentary, but I feel like it was her being like, well, I'm just a civilian. I'm going in there. Oh my... No! Wait, uh, no, I don't think it was. Yeah, she was like, Like, I'm going to break in there. I'm just a civilian. You can't get mad at me. Right? Maybe. They go back and She was like, maybe you guys can't go in, but... (laughs) (laughs) Arrest me for breaking in and I I don't care. I would have put it past her. I don't don't know if it was her. You guys, I watch a lot of documentaries. (laughs) What's interesting about um, this phone call that Nicole had with Shanann's parents is that they tell her that... They actually spoke to Chris, and Shanann is staying at a friend's house, but he didn't specify whose house. She's like, well, she's not at my house, so I know that's not true. Exactly. Where would Shanann have gone between the hours of 1.45 in the morning and 9 a.m.? Like, which friend? Which friend would have... She's a grown-ass woman and a mother. Where? What friend's house would she be just having in this weird middle-of-the-night sleepover It at? just doesn't make sense. Chris arrives and allows the cops to come inside, but what's hilarious is that as he opens the door, Nicole immediately goes in and we hear Shanann's mom say, I give you permission to enter my daughter's home. <laughs> like, all while the cop is still behind the door being like, uh, you mind if I come in? Like, yeah, I'm telling you, these girls don't wait for anyone. They will I mean, not be pushed around. They bum rushed the door. They fully They did. got to the bottom of it yeah. immediately. They begin searching the home, and Chris notes that the girls' blankies are gone. Like, the blankies that they always Mm. sleep with. So, this makes him very concerned. On top of that, Shanann's phone is still at the house. And, mind you, Shanann's phone is her lifeline. Like, Facebook posts aside to update people, she works from home. Like, she needs her phone. she's in a pyramid scheme. That is social media through and through. I mean, I'm not even like, this is no shade. It literally is her job. No, you have to be on that 24-7. Yeah. What really um, sort of sets it off 
for everyone is that Shanann's medication that she like it takes every single day is left in her purse mm-hmm. and it's all at the home like she did not bring this with her and you just see Nicole's face fall Ugh. it's all fishy and it's it's really weird and I don't even know if this is relevant to mention but I I feel like Nicole is freaking out more than Chris and we are the hugest proponents oh, it's of like absolutely relevant though in this case because We'll talk about it a little bit later, but when Chris starts to be under the wire, you see him react. Yeah. But right now, he's not reacting because he doesn't think that they suspect him. So, he's totally calm, cool, and collected, and he doesn't give a fuck that his wife is missing. But Nicole is like, hello, hello, mm-hmm. alert the media, call the Navy, sound the alarm, and he, that is the job of the husband. 100%. And he's just not, like, body language you can tell, and you can watch for yourselves, that he is acting weird. Chris explains how is he's talking to the officers, how Shanann does take medicine every day for migraines. Mm-hmm. And he relays a timeline of basically everything we know about her getting dropped off and says he left work around 515 that morning. Um, he works as an operator for an oil and gas company called Anadarko. Okay, so this makes the timeline even smaller of when she would have gone to her friend's house. Like, it would have been between 1.45 in the morning and 5.15 in the morning. What friend was up to be like, yeah, come on over, Shanann? Definitely not Nicole. I mean, Nicole was like, well, it wasn't me and no one else is as close as I am with her. And so she wouldn't have done that. Fully. Fully. So it's just it's just one fishy thing after another. They find more in the home. Um, Shanann left her wedding ring on the bedside table. There was no note, so they're starting to think that she left willingly. Oh, or at least wouldn't that's Chris how, love that I, narrative? Or at least that's how it looks, you know? Oh, my wife left me. Look at the wedding ring on the bedside table with no note. We're, we're left to just assume. Chris says Shanann would only be at two other places and that it's okay because the neighbor has a camera and it records, like, the street and people coming and going, so this will give them a clue. It's hope. So they go to the neighbor's house and we see Chris parking his car in a weird way, like a way that he normally doesn't. And by weird, I mean, he's backing the bed of the truck into the driveway, whereas the neighbor says that he usually parks on the street or goes in like driver's side first. Right. Does that make sense? Kind of like more in plain sight. And anybody with a truck knows that like it's way easier to just drive in head first than to back in because the whole bed, you've got to know how long that is so that the back won't. You know, most people with trucks, and I'm not speaking for everybody, so calm down already. The person, the one truck lover who backs into his garage is going to like flip out (laughs) on our YouTube channel. But anyway, um, most people would just say, like, yeah, it's way easier to just drive right in. Exactly. Like, not going to back in. And, and why just this one specific time would that be the time he backs in? Maybe because there's something in the bed of his truck that he doesn't want anyone seeing on a camera. That's the thing. Especially because he's the one that was like, my neighbor has a camera. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> dude, dude, please. And so this really sets off his fidgetiness. He starts, like, pay- not pacing back and forth, but just... He's behaving sign. like a freak. Yeah, he like really a freak. does. Plain and simple. Like he he looks like someone who has been withdrawing from drugs. Honestly, like he's itching at himself and oh. like he's triggered by whatever it is that they're talking about. Fully. And then just a random commercial for I guess birth control comes on, but it's it's just like a picture of a fetus. And then Chris looks up and goes, "Oh yeah, she's pregnant." By the way, like, huh? You're just now mentioning this. And a birth control commercial made him think of it. Like, not like, oh my God, wait, my wife with my baby inside of her is missing. Like, 
He's literally like, oh, wait, that reminds me. I forgot to tell you guys. Because uh, it doesn't matter that much to me. Fully. He, you don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even picked it up because I was listening to it with my AirPods. But I look over and I see him glance at the TV. And he's like, she's pregnant, by the way. I'm like, you piece of shit. You didn't even he's think to mention that. Despicable. So Chris leaves and his foot isn't even out the door. And the neighbor turns around. <laughs> I love this. He turns around and flat out says, he is not acting right. He's not acting right at all. He's never fidgety. He never loads his stuff in and out of the garage. And, like, he waddles. And he's like, he's acting, like, like fully I on alert. I just would like to say, I have never seen such unity in all of the people involved in the case. This is phenomenal. Everybody's doing the police work here. <laughs> like, I mean, fully. They're like... The neighbor's like, he's not acting right. And in the background, Nicole with her martini is like, hell yeah, he isn't. <laughs> you are right fine, my girl. <laughs> Fully. It's like, I know him and that is not right. I mean, who's, who's going to know better when they're acting weird, you know? like Yeah, I mean, this man sees him back into his driveway every day, apparently. <laughs> oh, right. forgive me. Not back in. He doesn't back in. in. Nobody backs in. The neighbor goes on to say that Chris is normally very quiet and subdued. So this, like, almost, like, manic, like, talking. Yeah, him being, by the way, she's pregnant. It's like, okay, settle down. Yeah. But I have to say, from the eyes of a police officer right now, and we always say this, like, you never know how someone's gonna behave. Like, of course they're looking at him because they always look at the husband, but they might not be like, this is weird. You know what I mean? They might just be like, yeah, he's a freak, but he's a freak with no wife right now. You of know? Of course. Yeah. And which they do say, they're like, uh, they're talking to the neighbor, they're like, okay, you don't know what you would act like in that position, which is like, of course, all fine and dandy, but when you consider the circumstance, and, like, obviously we have the benefit of knowing what we know now, you can see, like, what he acts like when he is hiding something. Yeah. And also, on top of him just, like, having a missing wife, he is having a missing wife that has a disease, and she has no medication, and she's 14 weeks pregnant. So... All of that all together, like, that would not... He should have a little bit more of, like, urgency in his voice. Like, try to find her a little harder. Yes. Or a little more... Yeah. Yeah, yeah urgency. Leave it at that. Chris said he's tried contacting all of Shanann's friends, but that Nikki, aka Nicole, did most of the work because she knows them more. Also a red flag. I mean, no, he's like... You're well, married. You should know her friends. Just Sorry. Call, yeah. Chris gives his information to the officers, and they leave. It's the next day, and police need more information from Chris, obviously, because they want to put out, put out an alert on the kids and Shanann. Um, the police do some footwork, put up posters, and, like, go around to the neighbors to see if they've seen anything, but nothing really comes up. Meanwhile, they're doing another search of the home, but this time with dogs, like, um, sniffer dog. I don't know if they could have her dog. Well, yeah, they probably were because they want to see if she died in the home. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Me, a 12-year-old sniffer dog? Like, get over Dogs yourself. Dogs with really good nosies. <laughs> a West Walmart's <laughs> children. No. Okay. So Chris is brought in for questioning, and he brings up that they had an emotional conversation the night before Shanann disappeared. Oh, he is just laying the groundwork for they got in a fight and she left him. Well, Chris gives his perspective and tells officers that they talked about how he's been feeling over the past six weeks and just being apart is going to be the best way for them to find out who they are. (laughs) He says... Like, I don't even mean to laugh at this, but it's just so 
classic, like, guy who is covering his tracks. Yes, fully. It's literally laughable that he is so stupid. Like, the police officers are listening to this. They're like, okay, buddy, this is what you have to give us? All right. He, even even more of a cliche, he's like, there's just no spark anymore. Oh, God (laughs) damn it. I'm so sorry, but you married her, so figure it out. Right. I don't know, like... He put some rose petals on the bed or something. Figure it out. Create a spark. And they are on to him because the interrogator is slowly trying to pull out of Chris what he thinks happens, which I think, which I think is really tactical. Mm-hmm. You're trying to see, like, what he can make up about, like, what went on, if he had something to do with it. Right. He even says usually because Chris... Okay. One thing the officer did notice is that Chris had a, like, a weight change. He lost a bunch of weight and got really fit. <laughs> Red flag, ladies, keep your men thick. He, oh God. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> no, we're not. So half kidding, half kidding. <laughs> and the officer says usually when guys get fit out of nowhere, it's because they're cheating on their wives. Ladies, take note. Take note. You know oh those God. like you know those like videos that are like, where are my crazy ladies at? <laughs> and I saw one today that was like, you know your man is cheating on you if he has legs. Where is he walking? Where is he walking? She was like, you know, when your man's cheating, he has a phone. Who is he calling? Yeah, I that was the same one I saw. Oh, God. We're pathetic. I love it. That's the police officer. He's like, <laughs> looking a little fit, Chris. Fully. But Chris is adamant that he did not cheat on his wife. He has nothing to do with it, so... With no leads and no new information, they ask Chris to take a polygraph test, and he agrees. Oh, like an idiot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Investigators look into Chris a little bit and trying to see if he was actually at work that morning, so they call his supervisor, Luke Eppel, who says, yep, Chris was out there, he was on Survey Ranch, and he was there all day. Which I think is an important thing to note. He was not at his work where his supervisor could hold him accounted for. He was off of the campus of his exact, I don't you Yeah, know. like he, he didn't have anyone to report to. He just had to go to a location he and do his job. He was supposedly at this place that no one had eyes on him at. Yeah. So it's like, mm, sketch. Now it's August 15th and Chris is coming in to take the polygraph test. Shanann has officially been missing for three days now. So everyone is really trying to get answers. And we'll just cut to the chase. It's completely clear that he was not honest during the test at all. Clear signs of lying. And they need the truth from him. And even the um, polygrapher, the person (laughs) who was conducting it was like, it would be a really stupid thing for you to come in here and lie to me because I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> like, even before He's like, bitch, anything. I'll tell you what, you shouldn't lie to me of all people, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I'm Me for a living, I test if you're lying. No, Don't lie. seriously. And she comes back and she's like, you lied. Why would you do Like, it is so funny. <laughs> she didn't say, why would you do that? I gotta say, like, so I, the, probably 95% of the reason why I don't commit crime is because I'm worried about people being ashamed of me and like i don't you know i don't want to like sit in the interrogation room and be like are you guys mad at me like you know what i mean and so i just putting myself in chris's shoes like he's got a lot of explaining to do lying to that lady i mean and 
Also, she's probably so ashamed of him. He should be ashamed of himself. He, I just, that alone should p- make people not want to commit crime. And that's the tone that she takes with him. She's like, she she's really making it clear, like, you should feel embarrassed. Yeah. Why would you come in here and lie and take a polygraph test, you idiot? Get it, girl. And Chris is like, no, wait. But the officer is literally cutting him off every time he tries to breathe. And he's like, Chris, stop. Stop. It's time. She's like, I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to gaslight you. Okay? No. Turn it off. (laughs) She says the issue isn't whether you pass the test. It's what actually happened to Shanann, Celeste, and Bella. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. So she was like, listen, I see that you're trying to ace this. What I need from you is the truth. I don't want you to... The other investigator um, in the room goes, I can't figure out why there's two Chris's, which prompts Chris to confess with a plane. I what does that mean? Her. What does two Chris's He's mean? He's like a good, like this, I can't, because, so this whole thing, this, um interrogator or investigator specifically is that he's like i can't figure out if you're the guy who just lost his wife and like this horrible thing is happening to you or you're this malicious guy who like did all this shit now you're trying to cover it up okay you should have said that in the first place i I just didn't feel like getting like i don't i didn't feel like he deserved like a whole hannah montana like trying to do both world like just okay well he's not glamorous so he's not hannah montana but yeah i get where you're coming from but yeah so okay and And then chris admits to cheating yes he admits to cheating and says that it happened during the five weeks that shenan was gone in north carolina jesus christ in a later interview with um the woman that chris was having this affair with we hear how they met her name is nicole kessinger and i want to specify don't get it twisted this is not my nicole we don't claim this nicole this is not kidding because i don't know this girl i'm not blaming the woman it's national woman's day right international (laughs) international woman's day (laughs) What is that, Raven? Is it International <laughs> Super Sonic? Ah, yes! Oh my god, I'm so, I feel so bad for your neighbors. It's okay. <laughs> Her name is Nicole Kessinger, as we said, not the bestie. And she explains how they met at work at the beginning of June and said that Chris told her he was in the process of separating from his wife and he did admit to having two daughters. And so she, like, started a relationship. Right, because she didn't know that he wasn't separating from his wife and that his wife was pregnant. pregnant. Nicole says that she did not know, literally, she didn't know that Shanann was pregnant or that far along until she saw on the news. Really intense. That is horrifying. Mm -hmm. And and I see in a lot of places, they call her Chris's mistress. And I'm like, that's so disrespectful. It's not fair. She didn't know what she was getting into with him. At all. And I don't think. It's a thing of she knew he was going to do this. And yeah. It, it's, it's not. It's really not. And it, it, even if, like, she sensed red flags about him, she thought it was her relationship with him. You know what I mean? She yes. had no idea what the scope of things were. Like, it's so incredibly disrespectful to call her the mistress. Like, in one article I read, that it was, like, kind of more in a, a an opinion piece and I was like all right calm down because they called her a homewrecker and it's like do you know who a homewrecker is the one who killed his family he's the homewrecker he literally wrecked the home I don't uh, oh not today not on international women's day (laughs) back to the interview with Chris he's just failed this polygraph test and they're grilling him after a lot of back and forth putting the pressure on Chris and just flat out asking him to give in. Like, they just want to know what happened. Yeah. Chris says that he admits, he's like, okay, Shanann hurt them. And then he had to kill her. Like, I'm sorry, what? So if even 
even if, let's for one second entertain this, if that was the case, why was he lying this whole time? Well, wouldn't he want justice for his children as a father? Wouldn't he want everyone to know, like, unfortunately, I'm grieving the loss of my children because they were killed by my wife. If that were the case, he would not be covering for her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he chalks it up to, I, I was just raged, like, I saw red, that sort of but thing. But even and if the lie was, like, okay, my wife killed the kids and then I killed her, why not say, like, my wife killed the kids and then ran away before I had the chance to kill her? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, he clearly killed all of them because he wouldn't have... He would have... Yeah, I know what you're trying what to saying? say, like, they're... The lie wouldn't be... Oh, I don't know where any of them are. It would mm. be she killed them and now she's running from the law. Mm. You know and what I'm I have yes. It would be she would wa- he would want to blame her for the death of his her, his kids if she was the one that mm-hmm. killed them. And it would yeah. It, it just shows how much of a bozo he is. Yeah, he's so stupid. Like telling us this story, <laughs> thinking we're gonna believe this. The cops are like, okay, honey, and this is what you're gonna go with. But keep lying because eventually you'll get us to the truth. And. It- that's what happened. He does. He's their biggest ally in this whole investigation, honestly. Chris, do you want to just do the work for us? I don't, you're making it real easy on us. He explains how Shanann smothered the kids to death and then he freaked out and did the same thing to her. The morning that Shanann disappeared, you know how he said he was at work? Mm-hmm. Well, he was, but if you recall, he works at an oil and gas company. And at the Servi Ranch, the location that he was supposed to report at, there's these 20-foot oil tanks. Ugh. And he tells this. them that he put their bodies in one of these oil tanks. So this is, like, I just got chills because it really just, like, breaks my heart, this whole part of the story. But going back to if that is the lie, why would he have put his beautiful little babies in there? Like, was he mad at them? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, it, there's no reason why he should have felt like to put his children in there. I could see him being so mad at her or whatever Whoa. and putting yeah. her in there. But the the children, like, clearly he murdered them all because why would he have put their bodies in there? Mm. He's clearly coming up with these lies as they're discovering Right. These I'm sorry, you had three idiot. days to think of these lies, Chris. You can't do better than this? <sighs> Pathetic. Bozo behavior. Pathetic. Bozo behavior. And... The investigator's not buying it. He's straight up. It's like, you look like... That's not the truth. Like, you look like you wanted to kill your old life, essentially, and begin a new one. Mm-hmm. And either way, Chris does end up getting arrested because, you know, murder is murder. Right. Um, And they are able to recover the bodies from the same place Chris said they were at. So at least he's being honest about that. Yeah. Well, I think that Chris's pea brain just couldn't handle any more lies. So he uh, had to be honest about some of it so he could fit fully, in some of the lies. No, literally, that's what it is. I think he was like, I'll, I'll mix in the truth with a lie and then, like, it'll make, like, the truth magically appear. No, it's but not. But then he forgets what's truth and what's lie. And then he sells himself out mm-hmm. entirely. He's so stupid. I can't. Thank God killers are stupid. Bozo behavior. Shanann's family holds a candlelight vigil and hundreds of neighbors show up. They have, like, the support of this, like, whole community. It's very sweet. Shanann's dad speaks at this um, press conference and and asks that they keep the prayers coming for their family. Later in that same interview with Nicole Kessinger, who um, had the affair with Chris, 
They're trying to figure out if maybe Nicole pushed Chris to do this. Like, did you have any involvement? But Nicole attests to having never said the kids or the wife made her uncozy. And she didn't say anything to insinuate that she had a problem with them. Right. And, like, he had already gone into it being like, yeah, my wife and I are leaving each other. So she was like, okay, okay. why is that my problem? Yeah. Like, I didn't have anything to do there. He was already doing the thing that needed to be done. Exactly. She's like, he'll, he'll handle that on his end. And then, you know, We can be together. Yeah. She says that it shocked her just as much as it shocked the rest of the world. And she just recalls all the lies he told her. What Nicole does tell the investigator is about a night specifically where Shanann discovers that Chris is cheating. Mm -hmm. She starts putting together the clues. Chris and Nicole had went out just that previous Saturday to a bar called the Lazy Dog um chris lied and said he needed a babysitter that night because he wanted to go to a quote rockies game on saturday night like okay um and after shanann checked her bank statement and he went out to dinner and she was like oh what'd you order and she totals it up and she's like "Mm -hmm, the bill's 60 dollars. the things that you ordered don't amount to 60 dollars. who are you there with also like so first of all shanann Love her. She's such an investigator. She got to the bottom of this shit immediately. She is not stupid. Second of all, Chris is stupid because if you're trying to wow this new woman and you're murdering your wife and kids, you better really wow this new woman because she's got to stand by you now. And $60 at dinner? Come, Come on. on. I, I was mean, like, what, you got the two for 20? Send a to get all at all. Would <laughs> you, it's like slowly it starts unraveling and it lines up with um it lines up with the night that she disappeared which is the night that they think he killed her mm-hmm. so they're like okay maybe they had this conversation previously and this is what sort of um set it off right for lack of a better words like i said chris is arrested on the murders and he is going he's facing life without the possibility of parole or the death penalty while this is happening the story just explodes. People start conspiracizing. They come across... Could you please? What? Conspiracizing? It's conspiring. Conspiring? <gasps> I um, was looking at that word with a red-ass line under it, and I'm like, she is not going to say conspiracizing. conspiracizing. <laughs> I'm going to trademark conspiracizing. <laughs> People are... Conspiracizing. Conspir- no! What is the right <laughs> word? Conspiring. Conspiring. People are conspiring and videos from Shanann's Facebook start blowing up and Shanann is getting slandered. People are like, oh, she made him do this. Like, that's the tone. That's what they're going with. Yeah. So, I, okay. So, back to the videos, Boss Not Bossy. Yes. Um, She does say, st- she, there's one video that stands out to me that she said like, oh my God, I'm so lucky he puts up with me or da da da. She is... I'm like that, too. I'm literally like, oh, my God. I put Matt through the ringer sometimes, you know? Like, and every woman does to their man, and every man puts their woman through the ringer. That's the way it goes when you sign up for life with someone. But how dare anybody who say that he was driven to do this by her? Because guess what? He could have signed a damn paper and left her. If he really felt like he didn't like who she was well first of all sorry chris you married her figure it Mm -hmm. out second of all you can sign a paper and you can divorce her and that's plain and simple the only other option you cannot kill her and then expect people to give you sympathy 
couldn't have said it better myself. I'm sorry, but everybody who said that she drove him to do this, disgusting. I arrest them. Arrest them. It's disgusting. I'm <laughs> like, like, a woman and her children are dead and you're really- That's a red flag. Somebody should be- There's an FBI agent that should be assigned to each one of them to pay I mean, attention. Like because sl- those are the next people who are going to do it. They're the craziest. Shanann's father said it best. And after all this- um, slander of not only Shanann but her kids and like the way she was raising them as well he asked for everyone to please just stop get on with your lives leave hours alone right plain and simple it's now November 6 2018 and they're at the Weld County Court it's Chris's trial and Shanann's family is sitting and it's just heartbreaking to see them have to go through this Chris mm-hmm. does end up pleading not guilty uh, not not guilty he ends up pleading guilty to all nine counts Murder in the first degree of Shanann, Celeste, and Bella, and um, other charges as well. Oh, my God. And because he pleaded guilty, he is not facing the death penalty. It isn't until February 18th of 2019 that an investigator goes to visit Chris and says that they never really got to discuss that night. Mm-hmm. And Chris, un- not unleashes, Chris describes what he did and details it. Chris said he felt that Shanann knew that he was cheating, which she did. She fully put it together in a matter of two seconds. And that later that night they had sex. And I know this is, um, that is private, but it, it it's pertinent to what happens next because later that morning, the very next morning, Chris breaks off their, their whole marriage. And Shanann is like, I knew there was somebody else and that he'll never see the kids again because what the heck? Like, you just had this... It's so sad because maybe Shanann was thinking, like, she was, like, grasping at straws trying to fix their relationship. Like, she knew he was with someone else and she was probably like, all right, like, we can have sex tonight and maybe because he's having sex with me, like, he will see me in a different light and things could be better. Like, you, you she know was fully probably that was working happening. so hard at it. And I didn't put in all of the countless texts of Shanann begging him, please reach me. This trip to North Carolina made me realize that this relationship is only one way feelings-wise. Yeah, and that's like she what Shanann was, was doing. begging him to put in the work to save them. And he just ignored it. Absolutely. Fully. Chris said he told Shanann that he didn't love her and says for her to get off him, and then he proceeded to strangle her. He felt that it was planted in his mind and couldn't get over it, like, the plan or idea to kill her. Like, what? Okay, what are you, 13? You can't control your impulses? What is that? I don't... He said he put Shanann on the floor of the truck, put the kids in the car, and proceeded to drive 45 minutes to an hour out to that ranch... And then it's at this ranch where he killed Celeste and Bella. Chris called the school and unenrolled the kids. He even contracted a realtor to sell the house, then texted his girlfriend about their future plans together. Where was all of this? Why didn't the police know that he unenrolled the kids from school? I think the way that the documentary is set up, it cuts between what's happening during the police entering the home and finding all this out with later interviews. So it's kind of hard to like pack it in when when they they discovered stuff. Even the interview with Nicole, the initial one, I think they did that the very same day that Shanann disappeared, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think you're right. They were on it. Yeah. I mean, to say the least they figured out, I mean, within three months they had him like signed, sealed, delivered to the courts. Like, you know, 
at this court appearance, Chris is given three life sentences. And one of the things that just blows my mind is that um, Shanann's mom speaks and says how Shanann had trust in him and just says like all these beautiful words to like tell him how much he let everyone down. Yeah. Like he let him know he's fully he ashamed be. of who he is as a person. Exactly. Then Chris's parents speak, and in the middle of them saying how heartbroken they are because they lost a son, and I can see that, mm-hmm. they turn around and say, We forgive you, son. Like, that is not your place. It's really not. I'm sorry. It's, it's not. It's really not their place because. They can visit him in prison and tell him that, but they did not need to put that on to Shanann's loved ones. We don't care. We don't care. I mean, I just thought it was... What a waste of time. Disrespectful in a way. Like, what do you mean you forgive your son in front of the parents of the family You are not the one who lost Shanann. Like, didn't even go to their goddamn wedding. You don't get to act Mm. like your opinion matters here. Exactly. Now, Shanann's father still believes that he killed Shanann while she was sleeping because Shanann was a fighter. We know she does not quit. She has that drive. It's about drive. It's about power. She was the rock. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But she has that drive. Yeah. And he would not, he's, Shanann's father says that Chris would not look the way he does look as in no scratches or no fight marks unless Shanann was sleeping. Oh, Shanann would have fucked him up. That's it. <laughs> 14 weeks pregnant and she would have kicked his ass. I know. Look at that fidgety ass, stupid bozo. <laughs> okay. So part of the new thing we're doing here on the pod. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so what's the question for today is do people really snap? What do you think? I mean, I go over this like every single time I hear about somebody that was Because, you know, every documentary, every podcast, they always say, like, well, he was such a good guy up until this happened. And it's like, okay, well, that is the thing that we should be talking about. It's not all the other things. It's not when he held the door open for somebody. It's when he murdered his family. So, no, I don't necessarily think that people snap. I think that people have this badness, this, like, evil inside of them. And... There are certain things that could trigger them to display their evil, but I don't necessarily think that, you know, a good person just snaps. Yeah, I think everyone has a, well, not everyone. I think for some people they have a limit and once a situation gets to that limit, you don't know how they're going to react. Right. Or or even like, I don't know, like, because there's some people who are able to control their impulses more than others. I think that when you are born evil, you have the choice to, you know, like kind of rehab yourself and like change the way that you are and see and hear your thoughts and think that's toxic. I can't act on that. But there are also people like Chris motherfucker Watts who Uh don't decide to hone all of that in and be a better person than they hear them and just like get a divorce he said it himself he's like once i had the idea in my head i just couldn't stop he's like what the fuck i just don't sick walk away chris watts god damn it (laughs) thanks for listening you can catch us on youtube at what What? i told you this is i knew this was gonna happen we were talking about it before i have no idea what to say
Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.